As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And Quinn used to attend the Giants training camps. Here is Goff going for the deep ball. Oh, what an interception! That is Jiggs, and he was not touched. This is concerning if I'm Detroit. Oh, the ball comes out. Oh, no. Comes out and Dallas recovers. They could have They could have challenged that last one. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Yeah. How about them Cowboys indeed? Well, it wasn't pretty. It's a little rough around the edges, I'd say. But you know what? It's a win. And you know, that's really all that matters around these parts as far As I can tell, we're here to break it all down on About Them Cowboys. As the Cowboys beat the Lions, we've got Father John Mishota still at AT AT&T Stadium (laughs) covering this one. Saad Youssef of The Athletic is on hand as well. I'm Kent producing and in the hosting chair to lead us through this game. From the freak, it's Kevin KT Fun Tweets Turner. Hey, KT. Hello, Kent. Uh, hope you're doing well. Hope you enjoyed F1 down there in Austin. Um, now, John, uh, still at the stadium. Been there for hours. Uh, hope you don't get locked in there. The Detroit Lions offer a, sp- a specific set of skills, and that's turning the ball over. Uh, story of the game in your mind, the Cowboys get a million turnovers and kind of play a bad team. Is that the big story coming out of that thing for you? Yeah, no, it was, they just played the perfect team. That's that was my biggest takeaway. It was the thing I was thinking about going walking to the locker room is, you know, am I really building a game story around Trayvon Diggs's game turning interception, or am I going to go back to I don't know the thirty five plus years I have of watching Lions football? And here's here's one of the things that was interesting to me that stood out is that it's not even about them just turning over the ball. It's how many times you have to throw the ball to them until they actually catch it. Because Dak Prescott early on gave up, he, he threw some passes there that I think against, uh, I'm not going to say that this is like the worst team in the NFL, but let's say a middle of pack or better team, there's at least one of those is getting picked off. And, and if that happens, who knows how the rest of the game goes. But uh, it looked bad for the Lions when they were already pretty thin at receiver and then Amaran St. Brown gets the concussion. That was, that was, I mean, they were already without their top running back in DeAndre Swift. So they were already in. Uh, a rough spot. So uh, I think that we talked about it on this podcast going in, but this was the perfect opponent for Dak to go against. You could be a little rusty and, and everything would still be fine. 
Eventually, the cream would rise to the top. It did in the second half. The Lions had the ball six times in the second half and turned it over five of them. Who's not going to win when you do that? And uh, and not, we won't get too much into this, but it's setting up pretty well for next week to be something similar. I mean, you're going to get the Bears, who might not be any better than the Lions, and they're going to come off of playing on Monday night, so they're going to be on short rest. So these back-to-back games, and then you have the bye after it, I mean, this schedule worked out perfect for the Cowboys. Yeah, I, for me, I think, you know, even before we get to the turnovers, I think, like like John said, I mean, Dak threw, like, you know, I I felt like, you know, when he threw that pass to CeeDee Lamb, that, that was a really nice pass uh, on the right side of the field. Uh, you know, a lot of people were like, well, that's a pass Cooper Rush wouldn't wouldn't even throw. Uh, like let alone let let alone make the throw like he can make the throw he wouldn't even attempt that pass but then you he had the throw to CD Lamb in triple coverage then a little later he had the throw to Noah Brown in triple coverage and those are also passes that that Cooper Rush rarely would would throw and I think that's the kind of the ride that you have with the QB one that like you know he's gonna make those passes but. Dak, like, you know, he just doesn't need to make those passes in triple coverage. And I think the fact that the Lions weren't making him pay kind of let him, like you said, like build that confidence and get into the flow of the game. He talked about how he got better as the game went along. Yeah, we talked about him coming back against these teams and why it might make sense for him to come back against those teams. But still, you know, six to three, you're trailing at the half and the offense hadn't done much. Um, So, like, was there a noticeable uneasy feeling in the stadium today, John, or was it just pretty normal Cowboy noon game with just a, a sleepy start? No, I, I didn't sense one. I will say there were a lot more Lions fans here than I was expecting, but uh, I didn't really get that uneasy feeling. And I think that's because, well, at least there shouldn't have been from anybody that's watched this defense this year. You just, ha- you just yeah. knew that this Lions offense wasn't going to be able to do enough with, if you tell me this Lions offense has DeAndre Swift healthy and they have Amron St. Brown, and DJ Chark and Jamison Williams. Okay, yeah, you, there's a reason to be uneasy there. Yeah, it's only you know you're down six three at half. Absolutely, but there was only so much they could do. And then there's also just that Lions factor of just give them enough opportunities and they'll they'll screw it up to, to get stopped on the one yard line, which was a great play by Micah Parsons uh, to to stop a play that looked like it was a for sure touch, and then to just to fumble on the next play. Uh, you know that's just. That's pretty typical Lions football if, if you've watched them for a long time. So uh, um, that helps, though. Hey, I mean, you'll take the wins any way you can get them. And again, with Dak coming back from, from the injury, you kind of thought there was going to be a little bit of rust just because there's only so much he could do in terms of throwing, in, in timing and things like that, because there was only so many practice reps. And once you get out there in a the game, you could tell that those reps were different. I mean, there isn't an Aiden Hutchinson running at him in practice that can tackle him, you know, and that's obviously going to happen in these games. So I thought that was good. Um, I did want to mention this to you guys because I found this interesting because I just I didn't find the game very interesting. So I found talking to Jerry, I found talking to Jerry Jones after the game a little bit more interesting. So Jerry's asked after the game what he would like to see from Dak Prescott more in, that he didn't see today. And he said more RPOs. And I thought that was kind of interesting because I then followed up with the, well, do you really want him running more? Because that would seem like it would open up his chance for injury. And he said that he really doesn't want him running that much more, but he wants that RPO game to be a factor, the run-pass option. Um, and he wants Dak to be part of the running game. He thinks that's that's what serves them the best. And obviously a good running game with this defense, no doubt about it. I just wonder... 
with Dak Prescott where it's maybe 2016, 2017, 2018, I agree with that. But now it's like if it's not the ankle, it's a calf or a throwing shoulder or a thumb. Like, I don't know if I really would want him running anymore. I would want him to maybe get better timing with his receivers uh, and get in a better flow with the offense. But the idea of him doing more RPOs, I don't, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Yeah, and also, like, when you look at their running game, like, to me, anytime this season they've stayed true to the running game, as in run with your running backs, run standard run plays, they've been pretty effective. It's when they start doing all these weird reverses and getting all fancy and things like that is kind of when the running game seems to stall. So I think, like, and and we saw it again today. I mean, Zeke, that knee, like, the way that he got hit, I thought he was not going to at least come back to the game um if not more but then he came back and he was great Tony Pollard was great and it's like just and and and, you know Romo was mentioning this on the broadcast and he was absolutely right that right side of the offensive line was just mauling the the Lions defensive front just Zach Martin Terrence Steele uh you know they were just they were just on a mission so to me like I like that that is surprising from Jerry where I think you know when you do have a running game that's working just just let that ride. Let it ride. And if Cooper Rush was the quarterback in this game, I think there's a decent chance Zeke and Pollard both go over 100 yards because they wouldn't care if Cooper Rush throws for whatever or gets it however many attempts. I, I got the feeling throughout this game that they wanted Dak to get a, a decent amount of pass attempts because they wanted to work him back in routine-wise and kind of you know get in a little bit of a rhythm, which I understand, don't get me wrong, but when it's 6-3 at halftime and you're sitting there going, well, this doesn't look much different than the season opener or when they played anybody decent last year. That one, that gives you a little bit of concern, but uh, obviously the defense saved the day. And that might be the way though, honestly. I mean, down the road, you still like keep trying to figure out what this team is, how explosive can they be offensively. We're not going to know that till we get to November, right? We'll try to figure some of those things out. I would like to see Michael Gallup get going. I think if if there's one thing that I'd point out to an offense that is still lacking a little bit there, but you know, Noah Brown played well. We saw Dalton Schultz make make a few catches. Uh, Luckily, appeared to avoid what could have been a serious injury with his knee. Man, that looked uh, pretty scary. But like other than that, 25 pass attempts for Dak. Uh, He goes 19 to 25 for 207 yards. Yeah, you're probably going to want a little bit more than that, but they might be comfortable with him not throwing the ball 35 times a game. That's what they want, I would imagine. It was good to see Tony Pollard and Zeke both run really well. And I don't know. It, it's weird because you can't, you have this feeling of the offense didn't do much. You end up winning 24 to 6 thanks to a few turnovers that were just timely and gave you great field position. So you have this like one thought of, well, why didn't we expose the league's worst defense a little bit more? And then you have right. this other thought of, well, Dak was a little bit rusty, and you know what? He's allowed to be a little bit rusty. And then you have this other thought in your head going, it's the Lions. So I had, it's not a good day to have hot takes, I guess, is what I would say. I, I'll, give you, I'll give you one positive that I really took from it. It would be Sam Williams. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah the other's yeah. the one pile driver that probably should have been flagged and he'll likely get fined for. But just the aggressiveness he's played with lately, and he's really been coming on, and I just... I think he's only starting to, he's been scratching the surface. I think he could potentially take another step. And, you know, that factors into, uh, you know, I asked Jerry after the game about the whole, you know, trade deadline activity and, and how much does 
guys like Sam Williams impact that because you don't want to go and trade from somebody in certain areas. And then they're kind of the quote unquote progress stopper. And so on defense, I don't see any way that they would make a move on defense. I, I guess maybe defensive tackle. And then on offense, I would think maybe wide receiver. Um, but other than that, I, I just I don't think you need to add any any help at edge rusher. I think with what they have now, Sam Williams, Dante Fowler, and Tank, and Micah Parsons, and Dorrance Armstrong, like that that pass rush, I don't think that there's even room to add anybody else. And when I did my article recently, uh, my contribution to the article for The Athletic of everybody, every writer that covers a team in the NFL, give one player that could be, potentially be up as, as, as a guy that could be traded at the trade deadline. And I just said Terrell Basham just because of the fact that there just isn't really much room for him to get out there. Defensive yeah. tackle, though, is interesting to me because, hey, we go into this game, Neville Gallimore inactive. I thought that was kind of uh, an interesting move there. Carlos Watkins was active because uh, they really like him against the run. And obviously, this is a team that was going to run the ball a lot. Uh, but yeah, defensive tackle on defense, wide receiver on offense. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? If they were to add somebody at, uh, before the trade deadline? For me, it's I mean, it's just wide receiver, I think. That's yeah. that's really the only position because of two things. One, I think they're slightly lacking in talent there. And the other, I like Dak has given me enough confidence to show that if you do trade for someone at the deadline, like he can implement them right away and, you know, get on rapport with them the way he did with Amari. But, um, but, you know, and I think that it'll free up CD and Gallup a little bit more. Um, I don't think you're really stopping any progress with Noah Brown or anything like that. Yeah, and yeah. next Tuesday, next Tuesday is the trade deadline, so you got plenty of time. Uh, and next Tuesday, the first, and you know that's a bye week for you, so you got a whole week to kind of you know really kind of iron things out, see where we're at next week, uh, see if we you know, hopefully you get out clean injury wise. Wide receiver, I mean, there was a big story today that and the names that are being linked to being uh, you know getting calls is Brandon Cooks, who's a little expensive. And then you got Jerry Judy and Chase Claypool who are on rookie contracts. So you know, if you wanted to do something, I don't know if Chase Claypool makes a lot of sense yeah. um, here, but Jerry Judy's interesting. A little, little bit of an injury history, um, but you kind of want your guy who can get a little separation and get open a little bit, and I think it really wouldn't change the role of CeeDee Lamb or uh, Michael Gallup very much. So I don't know what Denver's going to be asking for there. He hasn't warranted – you know, I mean, his numbers uh, certainly don't show you someone who's like, oh, clear, going to have a first-rounder. Um, but that was five years ago when we said first-rounder for Amari Cooper. How much is it for Jerry Judy? I don't know. Well, and, J- and Jerry was specifically asked about Odell Beckham, and he basically laughed and, and said that he couldn't comment on something like that. Um, I don't see that happening. I also wonder how much they think of James Washington because we have started to see him more at practice. Now he's still doing resistance cords. He's not really running full routes. He's running straight line, but it's the cutting on that foot injury. So he could be back in a week. He could be back in three weeks. I don't know. Like, we don't know for sure. But depending on that, I could see them thinking that, oh, well, we got James Washington on the way too. And then one other thing I just wanted to point or bring up, because you mentioned earlier, I don't know so much about the Amari Cooper being like just easy to find somebody like that that steps in. I think that that says a lot about Amari Cooper, just what he's done too with, since he's been with Cleveland. I think he's pretty quarterback friendly. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think it'd be a little bit, I think it'd be pretty difficult to find another Amari Cooper. But I will say this I would do that deal again right now. 
Oh, it's oh, it, to me. It's go time now, though. I would, yeah, I would do it. I would for Amari Cooper right now. If he had never played for the Cowboys and never, you know, whatever, uh, and it was the first round pick for him, I would do that right now. I, I don't know that the Cowboys have been able to show you on the realm of NFL teams like how high they are up, but they've done enough to show you that they don't go down too low. You look around in the NFC right now, good lord, it is just incredible, and we knew that. And then you just get another like reaffirming loss from Tampa Bay losing to the PJ Walker Panthers, um, and who are like reportedly turning down offers for Brian Burns. No, they're not. They're not turning down those offers. What kind of stuff? And what is was that? that? Like two ones? Two ones. There's no yeah. way. They're not turning There's that no down. way. There's Gosh. no way. They and are then, fire uh, everybody. <laughs> oh, hold on, guys. Brian Burns, no, oh, untouchable. <laughs> Come on, man. I know that's a Florida State guy that's uh, coming in hot at you, John. I'm just saying. No, and that's fair. That's fair. Green Bay loses lost to Washington. They've got Buffalo next week, and they're lost. Like, someone's going to go down with that ship, and it probably should be the 40-year-old quarterback, but it might be the head coach. I'm serious. Like, because that's that doesn't end well, right? So, um, but when you when you think about when you think about the year Green Bay's having and the year Dallas is having, is Mike McCarthy like top ten happiest guy in the NFL right now? Like in yeah. terms of you know just vindication and validation for everything? Yeah, right now, <laughs> right now. Hey, yeah, so, so circle back to January. Yeah, hit me at Thanksgiving. We'll go from there, and then yeah, we'll be having right, a Christmas right. discussion on this. But the, the yeah. thing I said, I'd heard, I don't know, I'd heard rumors of like Odell Beckham to Kansas City. They've been kind of slinging around. That was a text from a friend the other day, you know, yep. just a friend. Big just topic a friend on our playing fantasy football. Yep. Yeah. So that's kind of getting on out there. The, the other thing I don't know is, that he's the answer, but for no. this podcast, for this podcast, he's the answer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, for, and for stories and clicks and sure. tweets, he's the answer, but I don't know if he's the answer on the field. Uh, Jordan Lewis uh, gets an interception, but then it looks like he's going to be out for the year, most likely uh, with the yeah. foot. So maybe maybe cornerback something we could talk about, and, and that's I mean I know they I like think they Bland. really like Deron Bland, man. I yeah. really do. I think they like Deron Bland a lot. Now, what about Anthony Brown? And uh, that I just I haven't really noticed him recently make much of an impact. Uh, there was that play on third and I want to say fourteen earlier in the game where. He left just way too much cushion, uh, and and the Lions. It was actually the Lions' first third down conversion of the game. Uh, I don't think that they would be looking for somebody outside the building. Uh, maybe that would open the door for. I don't know. I don't even think it would open the door now with Jordan Lewis out because I just can't see them. Because the next guy up, if Deron Bland is starting, would be Kelvin Joseph, and I don't know that they feel to that level. I think they would rather have Anthony Brown out there than Kelvin Joseph, but. Uh, and I also don't. I don't see them going outside the building for for another corner. I really don't. You know that the Trayvon Diggs interception. But it was, hold up, hold yeah. on. Jerry, when he did shoot down trade deadline talk, he did say that. Well, if there was another Deion Sanders out there, and he made that reference multiple times, and Deion Sanders played corner, so do with that what you will. Who who would that the equivalent be? And 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 it was funny because when we walked away, I was I was laughing with some other reporters about it because I was like, do you know what the cost of Deion Sanders? Like we're talking 1995. The Cowboys didn't <laughs> trade for Deion; they signed him. But let's say 1995 Deion Sanders. 
if Brian Burns is two ones, Deion Sanders in 1995 is at least three. Minimum. Minimum. Right. And, yeah. and the Cowboys aren't giving up three first round picks for anybody, you know? Yeah. Well, no. okay, let me. This is going to be. Man, yeah, get wild. I'm, I'm, get wild. I'm not Casey, trying to be. No, I'm not. I, I think it's important to throw this out there. We all like Deron Bland. We yep. all think he played great in the preseason, had a great training camp, and when he's gotten to play uh, in the regular season, he's been awesome. Right. But all it takes is one game, and then you're like, oh, crap. Oh, no, maybe he's not what we thought he was. <laughs> and all it takes is one game, and you're ah, like, crap. okay, maybe there's some weaknesses. And that's where I just wonder, from a uh, depth perspective, which the Cowboys' depth should be lauded, man, they're a very deep team compared to a lot of other teams we're seeing. Uh, the Lions being a team just beaten up and they're running out a bunch of backups there and guys are just getting getting ran. Like, I I, I did. I, I, we can say, oh, Deron Bland's ready, but that doesn't mean Jack if, like, he gets torched by Darnell Mooney three times next week. Sure, but I think he's going to be fine. I, I, where I would say I lean towards the quarterback, uh, cornerback concern would be if, the depth behind them uh, if another guy goes down. If you tell me that Deron Bland, Trayvon Diggs, and Anthony Brown are going to be healthy for the rest of the season, that's going to be their trio, I think you're fine with that. But that's a big if. I mean, look at the play Jordan Lewis made. That that could happen to anybody. And then all of a sudden, now you're in a really tough spot. So I say that because I don't know that I, I would feel comfortable putting Kelvin Joseph in as a full-time starter. And then the other would be Nashawn Wright. And I definitely don't feel comfortable there. So then all of a sudden, it isn't as deep as you once thought it was. So yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. maybe maybe corner is a little bit higher on the list than, than I'm probably giving it um, giving it credit. Also, real quick, how did I? We've been on this for almost 21 minutes. KT, this game was absolutely playing with your food. This is the play with your food game. <laughs> this was the game. <laughs> Those are often noon games too. The noon <laughs> right. Quiet home game, crowd getting there a little bit late. Right. Had to wake up early, beat traffic. The noon home game, lots open at eight a.m. Yeah, oh <laughs> right. man, the play with your oh. food candidate if I've ever seen one. It might be next week um, too, man. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. 
FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I have a question. Walk with me to to the uh, third quarter here. It's ten to six. Okay, the Cowboys have just scored and they got the ball. Um, let's see what happened there. Oh, it was it was uh, after. So you got the after the interception to start the second half, and then you have the play, and Zeke scores the touchdown. Uh, and right. then you end up getting the ball in really good field position. Oh, yeah, um, the Turpin return. Yeah, oh, yeah, the Turpin return, yes. Yeah. So it's 10-6. to 6. Again, there's eight minutes or so left in the third quarter, and it's fourth and well, fourth down on the, the – Zach, Zach took a sack, so what happened, yeah. Yeah. So it was fourth and nine on the 40, and they elected to punt rather than a 58-yard field goal. I thought that was just like a fun hypothetical. What would you do? Um, like if you looked at the analytics on it from like all together and it kind of mapped out as, eh, you know, go for it. Field goal, punt, all about the same. But I felt like you're kind of banking more on Bryce Anger to pin them inside the 10 as opposed to like you chose that over Maher draining it from 58. And to me, Maher's been in a good place. I think I would have let it rip right there. I think that all has to do with just they would they did. Mike McCarthy did not think that Lions team would, would go the length of the field against the way the, the way their defense was playing, the way that offense yeah. was playing. I think he would just prefer, hey, go the length of the field. Let's see what you can do with that as opposed to like, he misses that field goal and now you got you know, maybe you get some momentum off that. I will say I was surprised with the way the game was going, the momentum was going, coming off that Turpin uh, return, the fact that they had just scored the previous possession. I was surprised they didn't get any points out of that. Just, I mean, the build, the building, that was probably the most alive that it was at that point. Um, but I think that he, I think McCarthy just didn't want to give them the ball back possibly in good field position. Yeah. And I didn't have yeah. a problem with what happened. Well, let me say, sorry, sorry, I'll be quick, but to what John just said, they did go the length of the field. They just right. no, know, fumbled. <laughs> oh like, yeah. Yeah. yeah going, but I'm, huh. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Mike McCarthy has a ton of confidence in this defense. And I think that, uh, you know, obviously things like that can happen. Uh, you know, he also didn't think that after they cut it to 2017 against Philadelphia, that Philadelphia would be able to go not only drive the field, but do it in as many plays and take up as much time as they did. You want to talk about all momentum in your in your fa- in your favor at that point? I certainly didn't see that happening, and so I think you just I don't know. I think you just he's he's going to coach from his gut on what he has seen work and, and the way he's feeling the team is playing. And I just think he'd rather, okay, let's see if they can go the full length of the field. I don't think they can do it without turning the ball over. And when six possessions in the second half and five of them are turnovers, I, I mean, you got to like your chances there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, I think like, you know, when you factor in not just your defense, which Cowboys defense has been really good, but also your offense, the offense wasn't firing on all cylinders right. either. So I think you factor in both of those things. Uh, whenever we talk about these kind of situational things, the one that always sticks in my mind is uh, the fourth and two game the Patriots against the Colts back in 2009. It's like, look, it, you're you're backed up in your own 20-yard line, whatever the case may be. 
but you have no faith in your defense and Peyton Manning's on the other side, now you're going to go for it on fourth and two as opposed to punting it. So, like, you know, I think it's just situational football weighing who's on the other side. It's Jared Goff, not Peyton Manning on the other side. Your defense, and I think that's why, you you know, again, you feel comfortable doing that. Well, I think, Saad, the reason Belichick did that in that situation <laughs> is because they were in turbo. Right. So when you're in turbo, you just go for it regardless of where you are on the field. Yeah. We've learned that, Saad. Stay yeah. out of turbo, really. <laughs> a turbo out. causes more problems than, than not, I've seen, over time. Now, hurry up, though. I'm okay with getting in hurry up. Oh, okay. okay. But when you get in turbo... Um, uh, John, the Eagles had the bye week. The Giants uh, won again. They beat the Jaguars uh, by an inch. Uh, it was just an inch that would have lost them the game. Uh, can you believe that the Giants uh, will be taking on the NFC West leading Seahawks next week? What I can't. is happening? Um, I will say I'll give them credit. I really like I really like the head coaching hire, Brian Dable, and bringing in a guy like Wink Martindale who had a lot of – you know, they had some good success in Baltimore. I just think it gave that organization some stability. Now, I didn't necessarily feel that way right after the Cowboys game. I was kind of feeling, ah, this might be the same old Giants. But they, they've got some impressive wins uh, this season. They, they deserve credit. I will, I will say I still expect the Cowboys to beat them when they play them again. But Thanksgiving um, Day. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say I like the stability that they have in terms of where they are on their coaching staff. But I still have a lot of questions about Daniel Jones being the guy that's going to, you know, get you to the playoffs, you know, and, and make you a playoff type team. Uh, maybe you can prove prove me wrong, but that I think that they're probably a quarterback away over there. Um, but but I, I don't think that you can just sleep on them like you probably could have the last three or four years. Yeah, I also think that they're a little inexperienced. Even even like Saquon at the end of that game. I don't know if you were watching the end of that game, but. I mean, he could he could have burned he could have burned the game to the to the end twice, but he kept running out of bounds. It was like it was like uh, Marion Barber against the uh, when he played for the Bears. Remember that one that one game yep. where he's just like against Tebow and just like kept running out of bounds. It's just like it's just like dude, just like just like fall in bounds and Saquon like you know would break off a, a few good runs and just keep getting out of bounds. It was crazy. Well, yes, R.I.P. R.I.P. Marion Barber. What happened? Did you guys hear uh, Jim Nance turn into Tarzan on that field goal call? Uh, though I did. Flag, kick, beauty, Flag, good. Kick, beauty, good. Me like football. Flag, kick, beauty, good. I definitely heard Romo. Uh, <laughs> Romo took his uh, medicine of. Uh, Swallowing a bunch of gravel before the broadcast. That was what good. is with that guy's voice, man. <laughs> I mean, good grief. I, I feel bad for the guy. It's like, dude, take a little hot tea or something. <laughs> I think it's years of calling audibles at the line and green 19, hot. Like, I think that kills your voice. I think that's what it is. I really do. Also, on Romo, one thing I have to say, watching basically most games that he broadcasts every week. And he's gonna, that's, he's gonna make us earn this up. joke. He had a good joke coming. Yeah. What is Hold the on. Deal let it build up. Let, it, let it build up. <laughs> and give him a second. Give him a second. What are you gonna grab for some food tonight, John? Oh. I don't know. That's a good question. I've been thinking about that for a while here. A little drive through. It it's weird being around here this much, this late after a game. Because there's always people here. There's always always someone cleaning up something. Uh and they 
tend to lean towards the leaf blower, which <laughs> is just really not great for podcasting, but we've been pretty fortunate since this pod started. There hasn't been any leaf blowing in between the garbage in between the aisles, but uh, it is. Leaf blower in the dome. I love it. There oh, it is. Beautiful. There it is. That's what the a house mecca. That, yeah, who built this house? house? that Arlington and Jerry built, I guess. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Well, John, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have to, I guess, have Saad tweet out that funny Romo joke that he was yeah. setting up right there. He would hear a stand-up every once in a while. <laughs> so, and, and as a you guys know, Saad kills Detroit. in stand-up. Yeah. Oh, he's back. He's back. As, Saad, as a give us a joke. <laughs> All right. Should I just pick like yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. saying Romo every time he broadcasts something yeah yeah it's just it's it's hilarious to me how terrified he is of criticizing or of being even slightly critical of Dak Prescott like he cannot he cannot say he, he cannot even offer constructive criticism to him most of the time like it's just mm. it's because you know and I understand like if he says anything that that comes off too much like that people will take it as sour grapes or whatever. Uh, but it, but it's funny that you know it's it's been like what five years and uh, you you can still sense that like throughout the entire broadcast he's just doing whatever he can not step on those toes. I'd say the one the first one he threw into triple coverage uh, that luckily for Dak it was incomplete. He, I thought he was pretty like I don't know I guess he was pretty critical about it. He he was basically saying how you can't throw that there that was just too aggressive in that situation stuff like that. I think that's his probably as as much as he's going to go in that direction yeah um and, and it probably would be easier if it was somebody who uh you know we're back in those days of kind of quincy carter basically between troy and tony somewhere in there where you're just a revolving door but when you have a franchise quarterback for the cowboys it's hard for troy to say anything negative you know tony obviously roger um you know, there is a, a, a fraternity there when you do have when you are a franchise quarterback. But I didn't think he was I didn't think he was he was uh, too bad today. I thought he was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I was going to I was going to say, though, but as a native Metro Detroiter, I, I just apologize to everybody out there for having to watch that football game today. <laughs> I, 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 I was hoping the Lions would, get, would, How would the provide Lions a fumble bit on the one like that. Is this that's the most Detroit thing ever? Like, it I is. Mean, absolutely. Oh that, that's why I have no. I have no time for any comparisons because there is no comparison yeah. to them. There's none. There's no comparison to them. Lions gonna lion. It's not even all they're doing. Sometimes it's like how how did New York not like review Trayvon Diggs's interception and oh. and give that a stronger look because yeah. because it, you know there was a good contention there that that could have been that could have hit the turf. Yeah, in fact, that's one thing they were talking about on the broadcast is Romo and Nance were saying they thought it was, but apparently, and I didn't see this. Uh, but I read somewhere that Dan Campbell did say that they did review it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they did say it after the game. I saw some Detroit okay. writers tweeting about that, that the league did that, say they reviewed it, yeah. So the the idea that it got out that it wasn't reviewed was t- talked about between Nance and Romo. Really? That's why people yeah, think they had that. a whole stop <laughs> down on so it, I was, yeah. I was like, they, re- they review everything that's ruled an interception, so I don't understand yeah. why that was being thrown out there. And So that was, yeah. that was odd, uh, and that was a – I mean, that was a big play. I mean, it was yeah, for sure. a close game and, uh, you know, first offensive series uh, for Detroit very quickly, and it did at least get the momentum going. The Cowboys scored off of that to make it 10-6. I mean, that was yeah. a big play in a game that was way closer than it needed to be. I mean, a four-point game with five minutes left. It was the mojo yeah, moment. Lost the, the powers. 
Right. One of the Thank you, Mike. Moments. Uh, Sam Williams uh, gets the uh, game ball. You okay with that? Yeah, absolutely. All right. I just made that absolutely. up. It's something we now do. No, well, no, we give him one. Yeah. We uh, game ball a little hutch. Um, so um, we uh, will be uh, locked into Monday Night Football. Obviously, tomorrow night is it's the Patriots and the Bears. That is next week's opponent before the Cowboys get a week off. So. Uh, right. Another nooner, though, at uh, at the house that um, Jerry Arlington built. Arlington <laughs> built, yeah. That's what we said. Um, next. Hey, Sunday, have you guys ever heard we... about the artwork in this place? <laughs> Do you know uh, that his wife, Jean, is a big collector of art? I did not. Yeah. No way. Unfortunately, I'm many, on the many wrong. Many passions in life. I've heard that. Unfa- yeah. Unfortunately, I'm on the wrong end zone side because I would love to show you guys a video of a live, a live shot of Sky Mirror, but I'm not near it. Sorry. <laughs> we don't need that. We don't need okay. a live shot of Sky Mirror. We, you need to go home. Yeah. Uh, okay? Oh, that's a good it's idea. The only one in the building, John. I am. Well, <laughs> you're sick. No, there's some people. There's some people cleaning up, leaf blowing. <laughs> All right. Cowboys 24, Lions 6. The Cowboys improved to five and two. And honestly, looking pretty good in the grand scheme of things in the NFC. We'll be back in a couple days getting ready for Cowboys Bears, uh, latest injury news, things like that. Getting you good to go for the last game before the bye week for Saad Youssef, who of course covers those red-hot Dallas Stars right out of the gate. For our producer, Kent Garrison, and for Father John Mishota, who's about to make a bad food choice. Which drive through will we hit on the way home? I'm Kevin KT Turner. We'll see you next week on About Them Cowboys. Just the tip there, Jim. Yeah, it wasn't enough.